We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cass. Good morning. It's the day before her wedding, hours before the rehearsal dinner, when Mako Yishikawa receives a call from a Princeton, New Jersey police officer. Her father, age 76, is dead. Estranged from her dad for years, Yishikawa set upon a journey of grief and discovery. Did her father ever truly love her or anyone? Why had his promising career as a physicist crumbled? Was that the only part of his life he cared about? Mako Yishikawa divides her time between Boston and Baltimore. She's a professor of creative writing at Emerson College, as well as graduate program director of the school's Master of Fine Arts program. Her latest book, a memoir, is titled Secrets of the Sun. Welcome to the show, Mako. Thank you, Sheila. Why did you decide to go ahead with the wedding? So this was a big decision. Um, I was estranged from my father, as you said, and um, we actually hadn't really been in touch for some years. I did finally bring my fiancé to meet him, and so that was something, but I really wanted my stepfather to walk me down the aisle. And and I felt guilty about it, but I promised myself I would make it up to my father later. And then Felt guilty he, about not having invited him to your yes, wedding. Yes, about not inviting him to, to the wedding. But then I just, I promised myself, I, I kept saying, you know, oh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it up to him and it's going to be okay. I'm going to go see him after the wedding. And then he died. So. And then you decided to go ahead and with then the wedding. I, yes. And then I decided to go ahead with the wedding. It was a really big decision, but my father had been so violent and so difficult, and I don't know if I made the right decision. In truth, I, I still am wrestling with it, and I do think this is a large part of what led me to write the book, um, all my unresolved guilt and confusion and grief, too, over my father. Why were you estranged from your father? You just hinted at it, but tell us more. So my father, um, he was violent, and he was often very cruel, um, and he was also bipolar, and so that may have been part of it, but it also just seemed that just the way he treated us, he, he beat my mother, and he beat my sister and me, and um, and. It, it was very difficult. And so in some ways, in order to survive, my mother got us out of there, and I cut off ties with my father for the most part. I want to hear, your writing is so crystalline, I, I, I want listeners to hear, you write about a family dinner when you were 14 years old. Your father was berating and beating your mother for making spaghetti. The dining table collapsed, and you grabbed one of the wooden table legs. Would you read to us what, what happened next? Yes, um, and I should say that there's also, we were eating spaghetti, and, um, and there's tomato sauce all over the floor. Um, so at this point in the book, I pick up one of the table legs, and I'm about to swing it at my father like a baseball bat. I could already feel the satisfying crack of wood against his skull in my palms and arms, the way the blow's force would make the table leg kick back, the wood humming in response. Yet my father, in his mid-forties, was already old. Half blinded with rage and tears though I was, I suddenly saw that. 
His chest was sunken, his stomach swollen, his limbs were skinny, his balance poor and his reaction slow. He was prematurely frail. His medication and months-long hospital stays with his wrists and ankles in restraints and, who knows, maybe even the deprivation he'd suffered as a child in wartime Japan catching up to him. And as the years passed, he grew weaker and more and more unsteady while I'd be stronger, tougher, and I thought as I faced him, with any luck, meaner. I dropped the table leg and, using both hands and all my strength, pushed him in his chest. My father stumbled and tottered backward. He almost righted himself, but call it the revenge of the tomato sauce. At the last second, he slipped and fell. The revenge of the tomato sauce in the middle of that emotional scene is is quite something. How did the effects of this abuse stay with you? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I I still ask myself that. Um, I I don't. I guess one thing is that I don't have children. That that may be part of it. Um, my although both my sisters do, so that's something. Um, And it took me a really long time to find a man I really could trust and and love. Um, But, you know, that might just be because it's really hard to find good men. I I do think, (laughs) I I think that that's actually true. And um, so I I did, I held out until I found a really good one. So there's a lot to be said for that. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cass speaking with Mako Yashikawa about her new memoir, Secrets of the Sun. In it, she strives to examine different facets of her complicated relationship with her late father. So you search for answers about your father's character, for evidence of love in his life. And this search includes contacting the daughter of his second wife, going to Japan to meet his sister, and emailing his old colleagues. What did your family make of this obsessive investigation? It was it was hard. It's been really hard on my sisters, and um, I... I actually, I, I did write about them some. Um, I needed to because they're part of the story, but I didn't actually include their names, and I tried to keep their presence in, in, the, in the pages they to are, a minimum. They My are sisters. younger than you. Um, no, I have one older sister and one younger sister. Um, and um, my mother was very supportive. Um, of the book. Of the book, also of my obsessive investigation. And she told me a lot of stories, and so she really helped me with that, and um, as did my stepfather, too. But it's it's a complicated thing to be investigating your family like that. Um, I, I will say um, my niece just moved to Boston, where, where I, I live half the time, and, um, and I invited her to one of my events up there. And she said she wouldn't. She wasn't sure she could make it, and I was actually feeling really hurt. And then she texted me and said that this is not the way she wants to learn about her grandfather. And I thought, oh, of course, I'm, I'm so I'm so callous and stupid. And so, so I, it, it's it's a difficult book, and I and I completely respect and understand that my family members just that they're not fully in support of this. But it was something I needed to do. Your mother seems far more forgiving of her ex-husband's shortcomings than you are. Yes. Um, she And she really 
wants me still to to forgive my father and to to embrace my father and to be proud of my father and so um and i i think that that is actually very clear in the book and so it's really it was it's a lovely thing in her but it did actually make me distrust her stories a little bit and that's also part of the conversations it's one of the tensions in the conversations that i have with her in the book what does your mother want you to be proud of him for so my father um, was was a preeminent fusion energy researcher, and um, he was working in Princeton University in this lab, and they were trying to solve the energy crisis, and um, and he did a lot of really wonderful work on that, and so my mother was has been so proud of him for his brilliance and his dedication to this cause and um and she wanted me to understand what he did and that is one chapter of the book i i go into depth into his work and i in- interview his colleagues at princeton and i read up on fusion energy he was born in tokyo before world war 2 right? right so he was Right. He was there at the time the atom bombs were dropped. Yes. How did that affect yes. him? So he was nine years old when the atom bombs were dropped. And one possibility is that he learned that that it was the atom that that caused all this destruction and devastation in Japan. And so the idea that, um, that what he understood about the atom may have actually inspired his research into fusion energy because that humble atom is also part of um, what it takes to turn to turn fusion energy into into something that we can all use so um, and and the title of the book secrets of the sun it's a phrase that my mother uses in relation to his work into fusion energy. Because what he's trying to do, what he was trying to do, is solve that question of um, how the sun gets its energy. Your stepfather, Jimmy, offers perspective on your father's illness. How did you bond over your similar childhood experiences? So my my stepfather, Jimmy, his mother um, had very bad paranoid schizophrenia, schizophrenia. And so she was actually really very ill, and she stayed in the hospital for even longer periods than my father did. And so who, he... Who was bipolar. Right. Father. My father was bipolar, and then Jimmy's mother was schizophrenic. And so, so, so Jimmy really talked to me a lot about that. He really helped me, or he tried to help me understand that the illness is something separate from the person. And I never could quite believe that. And that struggle is maybe my failing and probably my failing. And it is a integral part of the book. Well, now that you've written this book, do, do you feel a sense of closure? I actually do. And I, I think... Um, I search so hard for answers, and I'm, as you, as you said so eloquently, I'm investigating all these different aspects of my father, and in the end, I do find a lot of answers, and maybe none of them quite encapsulate my entire father, but I felt like I understand him, and I also accept him, and 
um, and I feel I feel I do I I feel peace about it. It's an astonishing book. Thank you for writing it. Thank you for telling us about it. Oh, thank you so much, Sheila. Mako Yoshikawa is a professor of creative writing at Emerson College. Her latest book, a memoir, is titled Secrets of the Sun, and she'll be at Bird in Hand Coffee and Books in Baltimore a week from today, March 8th at 6 p.m. to discuss it. We've got details at the On the Record page at wypr.org. Short break now. When we're back, a stoop story. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. <laughs> 